by divine leading, the, the bishop has uh, made me understand that in this month of October, we are looking at the healing ministry of Jesus. Hallelujah. And the focus of doing that is to build our faith, feed our faith, so that we can walk in divine healing and then divine health. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so we're going to do that by going through some stories in the Gospels. These stories are, let me put it say, testimonies. One way by which you build your faith for anything that God wants to do in your life, you want to tap into what God's in your life, is to go and look at testimonies. Testimonies are very powerful. I'll tell you some few things about that towards the end. Hallelujah. So this month, can I hear a good amen? amen. So this month, we'll be looking at all these examples, all these testimonies that are lined up in the Gospels from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And as we do that, I see your faith coming alive. And as your faith is coming alive, people of God, you're walking in divine health and divine healing. Can I get a better amen? amen? Amen. Now, I'd like you to note these few things quickly. Just note them. I'm going to mention them and talk a little bit about them bit by bit as the Lord will enable me to do so. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, I need us to understand this. Your healing and health is of great importance to God. Your healing and health is of great importance to God. Wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. There have been some theological arguments about that scripture that uh, it was just the greetings of the apostle, and therefore it is not God speaking. Now, if the Bible says that the scriptures were given by the inspiration of God, the holy men were moved of God and they penned down the scriptures. The holy men were moved of God to pen down the scriptures. <laughs> if holy men were moved of God to pen down the scriptures, then for even the apostle to greet that way is God greeting the people that way. The greeting of the apostle is actually an expression of the intention of God. People of God, when you are full of the spirit, when you communicate, whatever you say is in line with God's agenda. Are you with me? Number two, I believe strongly when it comes to the canonization of scriptures, how that they put us here together and said this is beautiful this will be genesis exodus leviticus and all of that there are many people that have a problem with that one but i believe that for god to watch them to do it god wanted it that way praise god every apostle is saying that my brother i'm, I'm praying for i wish about all things that thou mayest prosper and be in hell even as that your soul prospers remember what isaiah said isaiah said something very beautiful. he said that that if you are willing and obedient then you eat the good of the land I believe that the wish of the apostle was actually the wish and the will of God. Now, check it carefully. When God created all the animals and he brought them before Adam, there's nowhere the Bible says that and Adam went on his knees and prayed, said, Lord, give me wisdom to name them. Oh God, give me wisdom, give me wisdom, give me wisdom. No. God brought the animals and Adam just named and God said exactly what I was thinking. Man at his optimum in the spirit is in sync in his mind with God's mind. He does not need to say, that's yet the Lord. When he's speaking, it's God speaking. Hallelujah. So if the apostle made that statement, it means that it is God's desire and will that you and I will be in health. Say it, it's God's desire for me to be in health. Disease, sicknesses, ailments, and every form of adversity or adverse experience to the comfort of your body should not be treated with slackness. Sickness, diseases, ailments and anything that discomforts your body 
should not be treated with slackness and like a desical attitude. No. I want you to understand this morning by God's grace that the focus of sickness and disease is death. Sickness and disease have a mission statement. It's to kill you. Please, how many of you are sitting here today? Somebody walk up to you with a knife, wants to, wants to stab you, and you go like, oh, brother. Oh, why? Why don't you do that? You go ahead, go ahead. That's a foolish death. Such a death at your funeral, I won't talk much. Can we please put the yeah, close it? Father, we thank you. Amen. Then we'll go away. You died foolishly. If anything threatens your life, see how we go against it. Even what has to do with your image. See how you, you attack it. I desire of you by the mercy of God to attack sickness like that. It's not your friend. Ah. Something that comes to you lose appetite. You can't go to work. You can't make money. It's your friend. You must have an anger disposition towards sickness. It's not God's plan for you. Somebody angry with sickness. Now, the death process of sickness is progressive. Is what? Can I say it's what? So you see that when you are sick, you can't sleep well, you can't eat well, you can't sometimes you can't even walk. <laughs> That's death in rehearsals. You are rehearsing death. And you are still lying in the bed waiting for Milo, Bonvita, Conflicts, KFC. D Death is rehearsing with you. No way. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I told somebody who have said amen to that one. Amen. Don't accept the lie that sickness is part of life. It is normal. You know. What they're saying is that as a human being, once the while you fall sick, it's part of the growth process. You know, when you fall sick, it stretches you. So you begin to gain height. Then you're growing well. You've not heard it before. You've not heard it. Have you heard it, man? Yeah. For some people to be sick is normal. I mean, as long as you're a human being and you are breathing there, sometimes it might be sickness. You understand? It might be some imbalance in your hormones and things. Those things, things might happen. So, you know, it's normal. So you have headache. The thing is hitting you. You can't smile. After all the makeup, you are still saying it's normal. You are coughing. Every small call, hello, bro. <coughs> How I do? <coughs> you say, oh, it's, it's something that comes every month. It's normal. The first week of every month, I have it. It's a normal thing. And after like a few days, it goes. So I don't really bother about it. Every month, you have waist pain. My brother. You are not married. You have waist pain. By the time you marry, don't tell that to your wife. They have waste pain. You have to treat that waste quickly. Amen. For some of you, I don't know, it's like you like to wear glasses. Smart in your eyes. Put glass. That's Coca-Cola bottle in your eyes. You are trying to update what God has done. And they say, why are you wear glasses? You know, because I'm always by the computer. <laughs> and you know, one thing I realized those that wear glasses, they, they look very serious and like learned. But what I don't understand about doctors when they pull the thing down, look at you. If you can see, why are you wear anything? Moses was 130 something, his eyes were not dim. Caleb, 100 and so 
something he said, Master Joshua, give me the land. Let me handle this thing. You know what it means? They're not using guns or so knife. So you can imagine Caleb had at above 90 holding his sword and doing dambalis with the sword with his eyes seeing well. At 20, 25. This thing is worrying you. You are still looking at it. You have never went gone to God's word and said, Lord, what is your program concerning my eyes? No, oh, Pastor, it's enough. Don't I mean sometimes it's no, it's, it's not that it's not that we know it's not that just that some of these things today. I'm not listening to that. <laughs> Hallelujah. There might be scientific explanation to the fact that we fall sick once in a while, but that should not be accepted. Scientific facts are not truths. I choose to go for the truth of God's word. Hallelujah. Remember that it is what you believe that you live. You live what you believe. The way your life is right now is because of what you believe. If you believe that let me not go there, it's okay. Please note that sickness and disease is not part of the divine plan for creation. It was the separation of man from his ideal environment that brought man to the place of being a victim of sickness and diseases. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So when Adam rebelled against God's word and declared independence for the first time from his source, then he got connected to something else. So it's not in God's program. And you and I before sick every now and then. In the name of Jesus, in this month, every trace of sickness in your body will vanish. Amen. You know, my family, my great grandfather had asthma. My grandfather had asthma. My father has asthma. So me too, I have asthma. My children shall have asthma. Look at you. Generational asthma. <laughs> you should be the full stop and the beginning of a new thing in the family. Say, I stop every sickness in my family. I start a new one. I'm the full stop. You understand? I am the full stop and then the full play. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Your salvation is not just an issue for your spirit. Is also for your soul and your body. If salvation is all only about your spirit, then Christ would have just finished there. But he went for that to be beaten, flogged very well. If you remember the teachings we had, Beauty of the Cross, some years ago at um, um, MJ Grand Hotel, I think Prophet Adam told that message. Scientific speaking, scientific speaking, it is said that the kind of pressure that Christ went through, the beating and the flogging, a normal human being should not survive. Should die. Should die at the flogging level, because what they were shipping with was not common cane. No, it had bottles. It had, you know, bones. Had metals, and they beat him at will. So the guy beats the soldier man beats his beating based on how he feels that day. So if that day the wife didn't prepare the food for this guy to chop, that's how he will beat you. And when they throw it, wham, it goes around you, complete it, complete like a wrapper. The way the woman wake up morning and pull wrapper, it goes groom. Then they pull it with freedom. So the flesh will just come up. So it is said that when you go to the side, you are beating them. You see flesh like there, like a meat. 
So you go there, you see means meat everywhere. Jesus meat is here. You see uh, brother Tontius meat was there. Because last week they beat that guy. He, he didn't survive. But Jesus went through that. He was flogged. That's why the Bible says, he said, a body has thou prepared for me. God packaged what said he can handle his pressures. So they have flogged him very well. They gave him a crown of thorns. The Bible says when they put it, they will hit it. Can you feel the pain? Can you feel it? Small knife we cut you for kitchen. See how you shout when we all come out. Come see in a small cut. This is a man emotionally destroyed by betrayal. That the one that he fed made his chief accountant gave him a kiss to betray him. That was to handle your emotions. And after that, he was flogged. And then at the point, God forsook him. That's to handle your spiritual life. So God forsook him for you to be reconciled. He was pressured emotionally so you can have an emotional balance. Then he was flogged very well. So you and I, we can say, with long life shall thou satisfy me. And the body has thou given me. Not the time that COVID can stay in. People of God, judge for yourself. If Christ did all of these things and you are still sick, I know I not being wicked. No, no, no. Having to watch these Nigerian movies, the guy will, will buy a house for the lady, buy a car for the lady, take her to Dubai to go and just shop. Every week he goes to Dubai, go and shop. He does everything, and the lady now finds a brother by their side. This is what normally here. After all I've done for you, you could do this to me. Can you imagine Christ crying? That after he has been beaten, you are still condoning headache. The malaria story from come to church. Why are you not in church? So when I woke up this morning, I was shaking. And my head was banging like somebody's hitting. It's not well at all. Oh. So I can't come to church. Look at your neighbor and say, bros, sister, why are you being that wicked? After all that Christ has done. We didn't tell your neighbor. <laughs> Look at the price he paid for my body to be well. Maybe some of you don't believe it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. There was a guy who was disputing the existence of God, and there's no hell, there's no heaven. The one night he slept. God gave him slight PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> The only difference is that he was in the PowerPoint. By the time he saw hell and he entered it and saw the things, when he woke up, nobody chased him. Straight to church. Come to the front. Some of us need such encounter. You must see Christ in your visions. How he was flogged. From that day, you stop saying, I have this asthma. I have this, you know, I'm sickle cell anemic. Your spirit has received the life of God. By the knowledge of the word of God, your soul receives an experience of this life. And ultimately, by the saturation in your soul, your body now enjoys it. I'm saying that when you became born again, you received God's life. You understand? Then you know, Paul said that be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. So as you stick with the word, the lies give way to the truth. You understand? So as a man thinketh in his uh, mind, so is he. You understand? So when your mind now begins to stop thinking that sickness is part of life, and now you know that Christ has saved you and that you are healed forever. Hey, what are you saying, Pastor? Theologically, it is wrong. It is truth logically right. 
when your mind has accepted it, it's like some of you ladies who you are pretty, you can't now because your mother and your aunties and your step whatever told you you are very ugly, and they kept giving that lectures. You received that lecture from kindergarten. You came to HS with it. As now university you finish, you even have masters in that message. So when we tell you that you are beautiful, you tell stop mocking me. It's become a stronghold. That's what Paul said. That though we walk in the flesh, we wrestle not after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, not cannot. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I was thinking it was demonic operations. He said, casting down every imagination, every thought, and exalts above the knowledge of God. So the strongholds are not outside, they are inward, they are in the mind. They are strongholds in the mind. Somebody has told your family, nobody's ever rich. So the best you do is go and have PhD. But you can never be rich and build your own house. That's what you have. So no matter what the problem is, ah, ah, I, I see you holding 10 keys. Ashi. Ashi a house in Trezaco. Ashi another house in Cantonment. Ashi like five of them in Ishnagon. <laughs> they said the guy is laughing. Do you have any house? Sir, we told this way, I don't have a house. And <laughs> that's why it can't happen. <laughs> I pray for somebody here today. What God has told you looks too big for it to come to your life. But may God embarrass you. Amen. Say with me, God embarrass me. Let my eyes woo. That's my meaning woo. That's the meaning. Hallelujah. When God shows where he's taking you to, you're not careful, you'll not believe it. But he will do what he has said he will do in your life. So when the truth of divine healing has captured your soul, your mind, your emotions, your intellect, every part of the within, your body has no choice than to express it. The body of man is the showroom. The spirit of man is the manufacturing center. The soul of man is the distributor, supervisor. Saying it's very important for us to teach this thing we are teaching. You have to know it. Hallelujah. You have to what? I used to be sick a lot. A lot. I used to be sick a lot. When I encountered Jesus... Person, I don't like injection. I don't like doctors. If you know Kumasi very well, if you know Fantinu Town, to Konfanochi, I was just 10 years. I felt sick, but I didn't want to tell my auntie, so I kept quiet. Look at my eyes, my eyes is yellow. Kofi, when I see that I'm looking, I'll go to go and vomit and come back, wash my face. Where did you go to? So I just went to check outside. My auntie tells me, say, Hey, what being? You're hot. Try. They carried me. Before that time, two other times, they give me injections. Six. Why? So anytime I went to the doctor, when they asked me, Did you vomit? No. Are you feeling hot? I'm very okay. Then when they are done, I'll ask my auntie. Hey, this thing doesn't have injections. My auntie said, Yes. I said, Hi. 
So a few times she realized that when she tells me, I, I begin to misbehave. So is there injection? So the panic was see we it's just tablets and syrup. I said, oh, okay, that's fine. Then they inject me. So this particular day. And they took me there. I asked her. Because the doctor had been vomiting. I said, I don't, vomit. I don't vomit. Just I don't vomit. The doctor looked at me. He wrote something. I said, Auntie, is there injection? They said, Oh, there's no injection. Ah. By the way, we are going, we are going towards that place that the sister used to always get me there. So I decided to begin to retrace myself behind. Said, no, I said, come and oh, send me the I was 10. By the time she entered that injection, before she turned, I was not there. I I ran from Confanoche Hospital to Fantinta right to her bedroom. Now, from Confanoche to Confanoche, it's like from here to maybe maybe 37. Yes. Yes. Oh boy. Injection. I had power. <laughs> I was healed instantly. <laughs> I ran. So when they came born again, I realized that Jesus Christ took my infirmities. I said, no, no. Since I don't like injection, I'd rather fast and pray and catch it in my ear. So no more injections. So I checked, I checked, and I saw what delivered was I saw in Ephesians chapter 1 that Isaiah, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places far above. I said, ah, it includes sickness. I am seated above. From henceforth, no more sin. I told I said, covenant, Father, covenant. I said, Lord. This body should never have an experience of a blade nor a knife till my days on earth are over. So when I had this injury on my hand, they saw my bones. The first nurse said, we have to sew. Then I said to Lord, Father, 2000 covenant. No, nothing. The other nurse, the other, that nurse went. I said, this one is not in the spirit. And that one came and said, ah, no, but this one just put it there. And just, it's okay, this is not a serious thing. I said, thank you, Jesus. It's a covenant. A covenant is that no metal touch this body. People of God, if you don't sit down with God's word and catch things, you accept anything in your life. And then we entered the covenant to Father, till my days on earth are over, I don't want to see accident. <laughs> One day I drove sleeping. I slept on the Yarfa Road. You know when you come from the shell, you're descending. That place is very sweet. I remember where I started from. But how I got to where I was, that was by grace. I realized that I was on the outer lane, but at this point in time, I'm in the inner lane. Glory to God. And I've gone far in the faith. Amen. <laughs> Several times I've seen close to accidents, but covenant by revelation. I can't see accident. You, some of you, don't, you have no covenant by anything. I'm just there. I'm just there, you know. You know. Oh, it was a minor accident. Minor accident. Be there. Minor, minor, minor. Then you are minus. You need this truth. Hallelujah. I refuse to accept sickness in my body. I thought you would say that with me. So Jesus came to save us in our spirit, in our soul, in our body. Healing on every side. Luke 4, 18 to 19, where Jesus Christ declared his mission statement. It was very clear. Virtually everything Christ did or Christ had in that statement was all about healing. This one just came to my heart. For our sisters, please, I want to know the correlation be, behind them. Egg, no fertilize. 
where it won't come out, then pain the inside. I don't understand. Is that not the thing you go through every month? And some of you cannot even talk. I've met a young, a young lady who was just walking like that. I said, are you okay? Pastor, I'm fine. Are you pregnant? Hey, Pastor, how can I be pregnant? I said, why are you walking like this? I mean, my month. So what is the month? It's October or what? Yeah. I mean, MP, MP. Ah, yeah, yeah. Member of Parliament. <laughs> MP. One day I told a young lady that thing. I told her, I said, it is nowhere in the Bible that you should go through that. So stop it today. She laid hands on her belly when she understood what I said. Caught revelation in it. Revelation is not in the mouth of the speaker. It's in the ear of the hearer. That's why I'm saying the same thing. But you're all here at different points. Some of you are struggling with sleep, so you're not hearing things that are passing you. Some of you two are hearing. Once have you spoken, but twice have I heard. Revelation is not in the mouth of the speaker. It's in the hearing of the hearer. Hallelujah. You wonder why in church you say that. Monday to Friday it shall be abundance of testimonies. And everybody will shout amen. But not everybody will come and share testimony. Because we all had a revelation. But as soon as it came out of the mouth of the speaker. A declared revelation is no longer revelation until the hearer hears it the second time. Hallelujah. Amen. It's important to recognize that if God was not interested in your health, Jesus would not be healing the sick everywhere. He will raise the dead everywhere. Jesus came to seek for us, cleanse us, and effect restoration for anything we had lost. And look at the story. We shared it on Thursday, Matthew 8, verse 1 to 4, the healing of the leper. Let's read it quickly. I should be getting finished soon. Are you all blessed already? I'm sure if I stop right now, Christ, okay. Hallelujah. You will not die premature. Sickness has no dominion in your body. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You are sound right now. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I say soundness in your body. Your mind is sound. Your nerves are sound. Your blood is sound. Your eyes is sound. Your feet are sound. Soundless. Please, you can sit down briefly. I think it was Smith Wigglesworth that when he died, they did an autopsy on him and he realized that his inward parts were as fresh as a newborn baby. He died at 80, 88 or 86, thereabout. But when they opened him up, his heart everything inward everything inward was like a newborn baby anybody here you are young but your inward parts are twice your age i decree and declare that under this atmosphere in his presence your inward parts are restored to normalcy in the name of the lord jesus your lungs are refreshed new ones have come in there your liver is refreshed in the name of jesus christ no more stones in there in the name of jesus your intestines have a work over time receive freshness on the inside of you 
I pray for a divine servicing in your body. great multitude followed him and we shared on, on Thursday that don't, don't, don't see the multitude when you have not come down from the mountain that you need empowerment before you display the grace of God hallelujah the mountains are very important to meet challenges Gabriel said to Zechariah I am Gabriel I stand before God I am Gabriel I stand before the presence of God I stand in the presence of God. Men that will stand before challenges and get them to bow are men that first stand in his presence. You stand in his presence then you stand before the world. Zechariah, what I'm telling you, I'm not joking. You might be old, but you give birth. If you don't believe it, listen to me. I am Gabriel. I stand in his presence. How do you define yourself the people? I'm Isaiah. I'm a resident pastor. Nonsense. I'm Isaiah. I carry God. I have come to change your story. I am David. You know, if I'm a prophet, I'm not, forget that one. Don't say a prophet. See, I stand. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> When you see men that stand before his presence, who born the devil to argue with them, you will see some of the stories. Do you know why we easily fret at things? Because we don't stand in his presence. We stand in our comfort. We stand in our in our Korean series. We stand. We stand in our workplace. We stand before our boss. We stand. Those ones they don't work. Hmm? Sarah, is that not true? Yeah stand before. Paul said to them uh, nobody is dying tonight because uh, uh, my God whom I serve and whose I am his angel told me that nobody is dying <laughs> there will be a shipwreck but I assure you no soul is going in our generation there are not so many men like that who can stand before the nation like Elijah the way people are misbehaving lately and you are sinned against God I have shut the heavens till I come back and open it there was no way the Bible said, the Bible said that. And Elijah said, Thou see the Lord, I shut the heavens. Uh-uh. He went to shut the heavens himself. He shut the thing, and then he was hungry, and then God brought him food. I have shut it till I come back and speak. There shall be no food here. All of you will hunger and test. I'm telling you. And he walked away. One thing I realized about saints who stand before God in prayer and fellowship, they are so bold. They are so courageous. When a doctor says, you have five or ten of them in your belly, they don't go like, oh really? No! That's why you shout. I said, no! You didn't see well! Because those that stand are drunk by his presence. They speak from that dimension. Oh God, grace for us to stand in your presence. Verse 2. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him saying Lord if you are willing you can make me clean and Jesus put out his hand like what he's doing this morning Jesus has put forth his hand to somebody right now 
You may not see him, but I know. I know it. He's put forth his hand towards you. And he's saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Be cleansed. Be cleansed. I'm surprised you're not saying amen. I'm amazed you're not saying amen. I'm shocked that you're quiet. Be cleansed. Be cleansed. That your auntie be cleansed. That your uncle who is paralyzed be cleansed. Immediately, not tomorrow, immediately. Who is talking? Jesus. He's the one talking. He's the embodiment of the Godhead. He's the one talking, not man. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Some other rendition says that, and his skin became as a newborn baby. When God heals you, he doesn't just restore. He doesn't just, uh, you know, like clean the thing. You know, like some how mechanics do to our engines and things. Instead of them buying a new thing, don't buy anything. So, we, oh, give us money to buy a new one. Then don't go to Boson Canyon. A car that's been parked at their workshop that's been there for how many years? They pick that one, put oil, grease, and, <laughs> then they get a fake receipt and write, say, oh, we bought Boson Canyon. Go and they look at you, a pastor. And you are patient. You won't fire them. Oh, me, a mono. Because they know that you won't dirty yourself. You won't open it and go and check. So they fix it there for you. And after two weeks, the same problems. Ah, it might be uh, this one. And they'll take that same car there. Because the owner has refused to pay. That's the body. But that's the apostle kind. And they take it. God doesn't do. <laughs> he takes it out. Go to the storeroom of heaven. Bring new one. Brand new. Fix it. God is fixing new organs. Jesus, oh, somebody say Jesus. Jesus. Say Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> somebody shout Jesus. Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Jesus. The world thinks we are mad. They think we are mad. They think you and I we are crazy people. I will believe in some story that somebody came and died on the cross and saved us. They think we are mad. What a good madness. How many of you have a proof that Jesus is alive? Let me see your hand. No, put your hand down. I'm not sure if you heard me. You have a proof. You, you, uh, like, you know that Jesus is alive. No, let me see. Oh, no. I don't, you don't get me. You probably don't understand. I should speak French. Should I speak French? You don't understand French. Why are you afraid of me? of you know within your knowings of knowing by conviction that Jesus is alive now I want to tell the person by side why you think he's alive tell the person by side look for somebody tell the person please make sure you talk please when I give instruction do it I beg you I beg you please do it Are you done? Now look at me, look at me, look at me. Those of you that go to church, when the pastor speaks, do something, you won't do it. It is arrogance. Do you understand me? Yeah, you are lucky. If you had met me eight years ago, I would just come and slap you. That's what I used to do those days. You are so lucky. I don't understand we have that attitude. It says something and then you are there. <laughs> what do you mean? 
Hallelujah. You know, some of you met my father in his old age. If you had met him at my age, you understand. You wouldn't even come to church late. Yeah. It's even reduced level. You met a good one. They are telling you that talk to your friend. They are just there looking at you. Because you might not know that instruction is where your miracle lies. They are waiting for us to come and lay hands. I won't lay any hands on you. When you sit in the plane, that lady that comes there, no fear, fear be. I say, put your seat now. Put him. The pastor free there who talks Talk to your neighbor. <laughs> now you see, you see something. You see something. See, I've realized that a lot of our Christians don't like questions. Do you notice that? Most times, when people ask us questions about our faith, we get angry because you don't know. That's why you're angry. That's the truth. Somebody said there's no God. He said, what is he? He's a fool. What does he mean there's no God? What does he mean there's no God? What does he mean? Uh-uh. If you really know, you calm down. And you talk to the person. A lot of us, a lot of us here, a lot of us here, hmm? you, heard, you heard about born again. But if I tell you to explain why you are born again, you can't explain. If I tell you why do you give your tithes, explain. You can't explain. You think you know, but you don't know it. A lot of us in the faith have shallow knowledge. So when people address, when people ask you questions, you get angry. That's the truth. Why prosperity? Eh, because you just want us to prosper. What do you mean by that? I beg, don't ask me any kind of question again. Amen. Somebody said there's no God. Then you're angry. Don't be angry. He doesn't know. The day he will know, something will change. Out of love, speak to the person. Don't be angry. Amen. Let's not be shallow. One day I was thinking and I realized that ah, there are many things I don't know. What's the meaning of in the name of Jesus? Why do we dance in church? Why do we speak in tongues? What is tongues? What is prayer? Why do we pray? Does God hear? Why is he hear? Why is it that when I pray I don't see results? You don't ask questions. So you think you are deep. Depth is not in talking. It's in living. I told some friends of mine we are reading through the Bible in three months we started on uh, on the first read through the whole Bible three months in three months from Genesis Revelations in three months then by next year we start again by the time you go to the Bible one, two, three, four when somebody says there's no God you tell wait a minute hey, according to Genesis according to Ezekiel according to Leviticus you will talk but most of us here you don't even have devotion life you don't read your Bible this small question. Yay, yay, yay. Yay. Hi. <laughs> if you're excited, clap your hands. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just have to talk like this to encourage a lot of us. Do you know spiritual maturity is descent? Do you know it's sin? Or oh, you don't know? Or oh, you don't know? Oh. Ah. You must know now. You can tell it's not by coming quote skill, come and let us pray. Kataba Yaba, Genesis chapter 1, verse 4. Kaya. And so those it is seen in how you easily obey instructions. It is seen in how you love people genuinely. It is seen in how you forgive people easily. Spiritual maturity is not in gift expression, but in fruit living. 
We're talking about healing now. And now you can't say, can't cross any echo. If we pause, see why. Me jai. I was saying, hey, 11.3. I have to stop in the next five minutes. Possibly. It's a seed that you tell no one, but go away and show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that most. Let's check this other story. So you see how Christ healed the leprous man? Instantly, not tomorrow, instantly. My Jesus heals you right now. In the name of Jesus. Please, as you go out today, anybody sick, don't be afraid to pray for the person because it's not you, it's Jesus. You know, when you say in the name of Jesus, what, this is what it means. It means that in the stead of Christ, I do this. It means that Christ is not here bodily, but my body is him. And what he would have done if he was, is what I'm doing to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it means that as soon as you say, in the name of Jesus, this is very funny. It means that instantaneous of the spirit is no longer you talking. It's Jesus talking. <laughs> but when you don't have this revelation, in, in Matthew chapter number 8, 5 to 13, and also in Luke 7, 1 to 3, Luke 7, I think we have Luke 7, but Matthew 8, 5 to 13, about the centurion. The servant was sick, and he came to Jesus. And he said, Sir, please, don't follow me to my house. I'm a man under authority. And Jesus, I am a man under authority. You too, you're a man under authority. I say to this one, go, and it goes. I know that when you say this sickness vanish, it will vanish. So just speak a word. It's not every time the pastors will take oil. Let me say one truth to you. The new creation is so anointed, it doesn't need oil to anoint. We do that to help faith of people. So you see this in my hand. See this hand. I don't need to apply an oil to lay hands on you. This body is the container of the oil itself. Do you understand? But the Lord allow us to use oil as faith aids. Faith what? Faith boosters. So you can see, you can because people are moved by what they see. So you can see a symbol of it, but it is not it. It's just a symbol by which we administer what is unseen. It's a seen instrument used to administer an unseen instrument. Ah. This thing is for cooking. No? No, it's for cooking. Or you, I'm a few, no, it's for cooking. It's for cooking. Fry fish with it. Fry chicken. If this is the anointing, why is the chicken not rising from the dead in the, in the frying pan? Eh, Antifi, like when you are preparing those nice things and then you put it, you put the olive oil there, then the chicken just, you know, uh, the tie of the chicken means the body and the head, and then the chicken says, Hey, why are you frying me? Because it's anointing oil. The power of God is in the oil. Let me show you something. See this bottle? A man of revelation, when he holds the bottle, there's an invisible connection between the anointing in him to the bottle. I don't know if I'm making sense. <laughs> Let's stop. <laughs> okay. I have this phone here. Hmm? Internet is here. But this doesn't have internet. But I've connected the internet by hotspot. But you can't see the hotspot. But you can see the effect of the internet. Because I can browse. That's what I'm going to say. Uh -huh. So this one. 
He's made by unbelievers. But the guy that I sent this guy, he's not, he's not had his bat in a while. But a man of understanding holds this bottle. I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we apply this, the revelation he has about the anointing upon his life, there's a hot spot connection between the hand and what is here. You might take it, nothing will happen, but when he holds it, there's a connection. Oh, am I preaching? 